Okay, good morning. Today's class is Zecher Leudishmad Yerkmo Daniel Ben Gedalitzim Ben Ema and Rufush Leva Shalom Ben Yamina and Harav Dagi Ben Tzara and success and your Shemaim of Eli Sheva Manavak at the Abel Sheva Emad Ben Sheva Sheva Bal Eli Sheva Ramakav Tov Basham awesome success Elv Yikutiel Yehuda Mordechai Ben Gitol Rifka to have success and find Azi Vug Vizrat Hashem back back in Miami thank God. And God willing, uh, November sixth. November sixth, we're in, in God willing, in Brooklyn. And Bezrat Hashem, please share and rate the podcast. Also, we are doing one-on-one uh, in, uh, calls. You could book it through the website. Um, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, we have a great, great class today. We're going to do lesson nine. Lesson nine in the Kutei Maran. Whenever I say and the lesson, it's, it's I'm referring to Rabbi Nachman's master opus, which is called the Kutei Moharan. That's the, every time I say a lesson, this is where you hear the lesson from. Everybody says, "Where's the lesson?" One nine, the Kutei Moharan. That's his ma- magnum opus. This is his main. Where, where there's three hundred and sixty-five Torahs. Today's class, we're going to do something very, very nice. It's it, we're going to talk about the part, the concept of how these floods in our lives, when when you're referring to a malbul. A malbul in life is the, coming from the word bilbul. Bilbul means confusions. Malbul means a flood. Don't think that life is just a, Noah's flood is teaching us just a flooded. Noah was an ark. This is an amazing lesson to us. Amazing lesson. I mean, the more you see this, it's it's we're not basically telling us that when your life is flooded with confusion, you need to go to the teva. Right? What did Noah have to do? He had to go to the ark. What does the ark mean? The ark means also a teva, means the word. Go to the word. Go to the word. Go to prayer. Which is an amazing thing. Like we said many times, prayer doesn't get you out of trouble. Trouble gets you into prayer. So this is where a person always has to go to the word. I, there's a bilbul in my life. There's a flood in my life. I don't know what to do. Should I get married? Should I not? Go to the word. Go to the teva. What are you going to do in the floodwaters? You're going to hang out there and expect a miracle? This is what people do. They, they're in the middle of the flood. It's flooded everywhere. There's a boat there. No, I don't have time to, I don't have time to go on the boat. I don't have time to go on the boat. I don't know where the boat is. I never started going on the boat. I don't know how the boat's going to be like. Go on the ark. <laughs> go on the ark. It seems to be, but common sense is not always common practice. You see an ark. You see a flood. You have to go to the teva. Remember, it's, there's a purpose why we go through these because God wants you to be dependent upon Him, not dependent on the stock market, not dependent on your on your wife's approval, not dependent on social media. He wants a dependency on you. This is why any other dependency is so toxic. There is a positive dependency. That means if there was all negative dependency, it wouldn't be good. But the positive dependency is to be dependent upon God. That's the whole point. You understand? Every other dependency is going to lead you to sadness or it's an empty emptiness. Because at the end of the day, what happens when I stop getting, I, I, I feel empty. So this is very, very important. It teaches us. It's whether you're religious, not whatever you are. <laughs> whether you like the ark or not, you have to go to the tab. You have to go to the word. You have to go to the word. And this is a, we all get blitzed in life. We all, and it's, it's funny how this month specifically... This month of Cheshvan has been this energy of flooding, bilbuling. This is, there's, I'm telling you, I probably had one of the greatest prayers in these, in these times. In Tishrei, I had good prayers also. But I was not as, not as 
not as not when there's so much flood and you recognize, oh my God, there's no other option. You know, one thing is in life where you go through things and things are okay, not too crazy, not too this. You know, Miami, 72 degree weather mindset. But when you know, oh my God, it's like 40 degrees, it's cold. If I don't grab a jacket, I'm going to, I can't handle this. So you're forced. There's so much pressure right now and there's so much of energy right now, the energy out there. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it. You have to go to the word. You have to. It should be like a, 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 a like a, like an oath of you should have get to a point where you should have a prayer withdrawal, not drug withdrawal. Like oh my god, I didn't pray today. This is why I feel like this. This is why Reb Nachman says prayer renews your energy. Why is my energy drained? Oh my god, it's because I'm holding everything in. Why am I not praying? And this is where we're going to talk about today. It says Reb Nachman says now the one thing is. Dealing with the situations, but now the Yetzirah makes it even worse because when you start praying, here comes all the problems. And he takes the two lessons, Rabbi Nachman says, he takes the lesson 30 and he says, and this is why the breast lovers always are in, in favor of making a lot of noise. They clap their hands a lot, they clap. What is, why clap specifically? Because when you're in a bilbul, you're in a bilbul, you're in a flood in your life, you can't confuse, you can't concentrate, you're thinking about you know, every single business, specifically at prayer. Right? You're thinking about all these things. Everything comes to you. They always ask, a guy should bench Gomel. He should say Gomel because he's been to five countries in the middle of his prayer. So the Reb Nachman advised us. And, and it's very similar if you take this concept. You brought, if you brought the science behind this, for example, what's the science behind the five-second rule? That this Mel Robbins, she sold a ton of books on the five-second rule. Basically, when she said, if you count backwards, you're going to take the, you, you go from your basal ganglia, which is where all your you know, your repetitive thoughts to your prefrontal cortex where you make a decision. So normally if I say one, two, three, four, five, I'm so, it's such a repetitive thing that I, it doesn't change. I, I could say it all day long. But when I say five, four, three, two, one, when I go backwards, that interrupts the pattern and that gets, makes me concentrate. So she basically said people committed, were about to commit suicide, people were about to do, God forbid, or procrastinate. She says, listen, your brain has five seconds to make a decision. So if you make a decision within five seconds, you're, you get an idea. If you don't make a decision within five seconds, chances are you're going to go back into the repetitive, repetitive ideas that you normally do. So she recommended going five, four, three, two, one. So I thought about this concept a lot. It's basically interrupting a pattern of procrastination, interrupting a pattern of whatever, you, whatever the, the, the habit is. And she's gotten tremendous success. And all the same thing, she came out with another concept, which all she does is the science of breaking patterns. Another passage is as soon as you look in the mirror, high five! High five! Another book she came out with. Seems to be a real chachmas. Right? But, because normally people look in the mirror, oh, I, don't look, I look old, I need this, I need that. I'm not so pretty. They get a negative connotation when they look in the mirror, God forbid. They don't say I'm beautiful. But here, where she's saying high five, like high-fiving yourself. So that brings simcha to a person. So you can see these two tool, tools that seem to be so ridiculous, but they actually work because we're living in a ridiculous world. So you have to do ridiculous things. So back then, so in the breast of circles, clapping hands, they said, what are these ridiculous breast lovers doing? Clapping their hands, what are they doing? So Rabbi Nachman advised us, when we, get, when we get negative thoughts and we're not concentrated, we should clap our hands. Why clapping hands? Clapping hands also. When you clap my hands, it gets, first, it's the science behind it, gets me into the prayer. It gets me into energy, right? When you, when you go to a game, you clap hands, right? They don't say, well, you guys doing clapping hands, you guys are crazy. Yes, you clap your hands. 
joy when you, because hands itself represent a person's movement. When your hands are down, you're sad. When your hands are up, you're happy, right? So clapping your hands is a connotation of energy. And also, when I clap my hands, I'm purifying the air. I'm creating new air. And the reason why I'm creating new air is because of what, where, where, what am I doing? The world was created with 28 letters. So I have 14, 14, um, 14 fingers on each side, 14 um, huh? joints, 14 joints, 14 joints on each side, 14 plus 14, each two hands is, is, is two yads, right? Represent the word, represent uh, koach. 28 means koach, koach. The world was created with koach. Koach means force. So when you're doing that, you're recreating the prayer, you're recreating the energy, and also you're, you're purifying the air of Eretz Yisrael. For example, the only place that did not get flooded was Eretz Yisrael itself. So when we clap our hands, we're purifying the air to go into the air of Eretz Yisrael. So Eretz Yisrael did not get flooded, but the rest of the world get flooded. So we're sort of, I'm sort of putting myself in the, in, the, in the consciousness in the air of Eretz Yisrael, which is a place where, where there's clarity. So this is why practically we do that. And when we're praying, because we know that this, Rabbi Nachman tells us here, when a person gets ready to pray, right away they're going to they're gonna try to uh, oppose him. This is while you're praying. Now there's another klipa before you even start praying. <laughs> so imagine, there's, a, there's two klipas. There's a klipa of Yishmael and there's a klipa of Esav. The klipa of Yishmael, what was Yishmael said? It means, God heard me. People say, I prayed already two days ago, we're ready to pray again. Yishmael, he heard me already. So people are too confident sometimes. What do I need to pray? I prayed already 10 years ago. I prayed already five years ago. How much? That's the klipa to get you not to pray. And then there's another klipa called Asaf. Right? The klipa of Asaf. A klipa means a husk or a negative uh, habit preventing you from doing something. That's what a klipa does. A klipa, it's a, it's a shell that hides the good. Like a guy will tell you, well, let's work out. What's the difference? I'm big boned. So that person has a klipa of, doesn't want to lose weight, doesn't want to be in shape. He has a klipa that he doesn't think health is so important. So to him, he'd rather say, I'm big boned. And that's his, that's his klipa. Klipa means an excuse. This is why we say the word klipa. It's, it's excusing the good that's really there. So the other klipa is Asaf. What was Asaf? Here, give me the, here's the birthright. I'm going to die anyway. That klipa refers to a person having, what's the difference? I prayed a long time ago, nothing works. It's worthless. Asaph had the concept, I'm going to die anyway, here's a birthright. So that's another klipa of, of despair. It doesn't work. So those are the two things, even before you get into prayer. <laughs> now once you're into prayer, now you have a whole different world. Now they attack you. Now ask yourself, why am I getting attacked? You know, we have this guy, this guy Tariq Hill from the Dolphins, right? Best, 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 probably the best, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And why are people double-teaming good people? Because any time that you are, have potential for good, you're going to get double-teamed in life. That's the story of our lives. So it's normal to get these thoughts, and to get these things. And what Rabbi Nachman's telling us, specifically when you start doing his Bodhidut, specifically people that haven't prayed for years, they're going to look at it, come out a little like stones, you know, like a, like a stone monument, you know? A bunch of st- nobody can talk. We can learn all day long, but we can't talk. It's a problem, because if you can't express what's going on, Right? What, do you, what is trauma all about? Trauma, you lose your voice. When a person goes to trauma, he loses his voice. So they get him to talk. Every solution in life is a solution, is to talk it out. 
Every solution in life comes, whether it's trauma, whether it's therapy, whether it's marriage, you have to talk, take the debor and create. We already know what, what a couple words the person says destroyed, the, <laughs> destroyed his career. You could see the power of words. It's not so simple today. That words create and words destroy, like David Amalek says. Death and life are by, this, are by the tongue. That you could see how a person could say one thing. And it's over. I mean, it's unbelievable how one word, whatever it is, it's words or something. So Ramakrishna says, when a person begins to start praying, he's going to get all kinds of klipas. He's left in the dark, unable to pray. So what is, what's the 22 version? Grab your phone. <laughs> That's the way we go into the ark. We don't go into the ark, we go into the phone today. You understand? I don't want to have the head, I can't. That's the new ark. That's, the, that's your ark. But that's not giving us nothing but distractions and, and lack of focus. But that's the way we go, we deal with darkness. We just pick up a phone. Well, easy, I don't have to think. Why do I have to think? Instead of saying, wow, I have, to, I have to work through this. I have to work through this. I have to work through it. I can't just, you know, there's got to be something good if there's resistance. This is what I have to work through. So we all have a habit of not going through the resistance. Just, oh, it's not uncomfortable. <clears throat> you have to say, this is your friend. Pain is your friend. Resistance is your friend. I say this all the time, even when I work out. This is what's supposed to feel like. That means there's a good prayer coming. I say to myself, there's a good prayer. If I can't speak, there's a good, there's something good or something needs to be released. Just like if you would go, go to a, you know, you, you, imagine going to a massage therapist and he starts getting to the, to the, to the pressure point where you need to be, that it needs to be released. No, don't touch that area. It hurts. <laughs> what do you think you're there for? Imagine telling you to, what do you think you're there for? What do you think you're there for? You're, you're there for that. It's funny, there's a guy in Uman itself, he gives massages out. It was my first $700 massage. It, took, it was a three-hour massage, and I didn't, can't believe I spent $700 on a massage in Uman. <laughs> but that's how good it was. That's how much mental Moldova, the amount of knots we all had. We had knots until it was just, there was no, there was no pulse. So it, it, I, the massage was a screaming fest. But at the end, it felt amazing. But it's the same thing. That's the knot that has to be released. That's the knot that has to be released. You cannot, well, you don't release that knot, next thing you know, what does it affect? Next thing you know, it affects, if you have a knot in your, in, your, in your glutes, next thing you know, it's your back, next thing you know, it's your legs. Everything gets, everything gets pulled, a knot pulls everything down. Same thing in life, when we have a situation in life, we have to release it, otherwise everything gets pulled down. Everything in life gets pulled down. So this is where he's saying here, prayer encounters two opposite forces, external thoughts and klipot. External thoughts are whatever's foreign, and usually what happens is when you think in the day, whatever you're thinking about in the day, or the improper things, they come to you at prayer so you can elevate them. So sometimes you'll get negative thoughts, but they come to you at prayer so you can elevate this, that situation. And Rav Nachman tells, okay, so what's the solution? And he says, the wicked go around every side. The, the wicked says, but no, the darkness itself contains many openings. So our sages thought when somebody's left to defile himself, they open up for him. There are many openings for him. We see that even in the darkness, there are many openings to the truth. So Rav Nachman's telling us here that the beginning of any darkness is to say the words out loud. For example, let's say you're in a prayer of his Bodidu and you have nothing to say. Hashem, I don't have anything to say. That's where you start. I don't have anything to say. I feel blocked. My mind is confused. I'm just dry as a bone. I, have, I feel like the Lakers opening season this year. 
I feel dry. I feel empty. That is the truth. That is okay. You should begin with that. Because the whole point is, if you're in darkness, you need light to get out of the darkness. And if you just avoid, if you're just praying and you're avoiding that, you know, that nothing's happening, I'm just, I feel terrible and I'm faking it. No, you have to connect to the truth. I'm going to give you an example of how Rabbi Natan spoke to Hashem and how he spoke. But the truth is what gets you out of every situation. This is why we can't expect. Why, we, why do not, we not get solutions when our, the, the problem is not the truth? When we're trying to get a false solution, for example, if I'm trying to change somebody in my life, and this is, a, this is a, the, the typical situation in our lives, and this is why we have to be so careful with this. I'm so careful every day of focusing on you know, thinking that, please change that person. Please change that person. Please touch him. Let that person change. Let that person change. Is that the truth? That's not the truth. The truth is, why am I seeing such judgment in that person? Why am I seeing such negativity in that person? Why am I judging them like that? That is the truth. That's going to give you more of a benefit than saying, please, Hashem, change that person. Because that's not the truth. This is why you, you don't feel that. You don't feel that light. You know, it's like that the guy hits the pressure point, you feel the release, the same thing. When you hit the truth, you feel that release of energy that's been stuck. And there's a, there's a stuckness that we need to release. We need to release. And this is why he's saying God is, and no, when a person finds the opening of the truth, the main, point is, the main thing is God is my light, God is my help. But through falsehood, a person dismisses God because God's stamp is emet. So if there's no emet, there is no, God is not with you in that situation. It's not with you in that situation. Emet is the key. Emet is the key. And it says God is close to the people. God is near to all those who call him out in truth. All those who call about to speak to him in truth, and when God is with a person, he enlightens him and he teaches him how to get out of darkness. God gives you the light. So basically you have to create the opening. And then once you create the opening, you will get the help. Once an addict says, Gedalia, I have an addiction. No problem, I can help you. I can tell you where to go, I can tell you what to do. But as long as you're telling me, no, it's not really a problem. There's no truth there. There's no opening, there's no help. And this is where today we think that we're using substances to, to try to, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the truth, I'm in the truth. You're not in the truth. You're not in the truth. That's the problem. That hides you from the truth. Because you're, all you're, we're doing is we're avoiding pain. So, be, you, we are all in a situation in our life where we are all in a flood. This is not a question of where is your flood, how does your flood look like. There's, no, there's a flood. There's confusion in life. But it's made that way because, again, this builds your resilience. This builds your relationship. You know, you, you know if you ask a couple that's been married for 30, 40 years, they'll tell you, you have no idea what we've been through and where we got to where we are. That, that's a testament of you guys are warriors. Not warriors, you're warriors. You've been through a lot. But there will be dark, there will be, there will be. That's the way the world is created. And he says, this is why the explanation, make a light for the ark. Rashi explains it. Sometimes that's a window and sometimes that's a precious jewel. The difference between a window and a precious jewel is a window has no light of its own, but a precious jewel creates the light by itself. This month, we have to be jewels. There's no light, there's no arousal from above this month. 
you'll see the energy this month, everything has to be done by you. You have to push, you have to push, you have to do a lot more arousing from below. God's name every month has a specific name. There's names where, for example, God's name is Yerkevavke, Nisan, everything comes from above. You just have to be in the right place in the right moment. And there's months like this where you have to make, make it happen, make it happen. You have to literally make everything happen. And know everything depends on the degree a person has. So when a person starts speaking to God, a person starts approaching, the first thing he's to say, don't say, the worst thing you could say is, well, everybody does it, I could do it too. Hashem, I have an addiction, I have a problem with this, I'm not ready to change, I, I, I know Shabbat is good, but don't say, you know, that Shabbat's from the past. No, no, nobody does it now. Hashem, I would love to keep Shabbat, you told me about it, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. The best thing to do is when you're dealing with something spiritually, say, I am not there yet. I want to be there. I want to want, but I'm not there yet. I want to watch my eyes, but I'm not there yet. I want to want, but I'm not there yet. That is the truth. I want to want, but I'm not there yet. This is different than saying, ah, not for me. That's a problem. Not for you? Then everything else is not for you. That we cannot do. We could say, I'm not there yet. People, in, for example, the Persian community has a hard time in their life keeping Shabbat. They shouldn't say, well, this is not our style. This is not, you know, we're, we're temporary. No, I want to, you've told me how great about Shabbat is. You spoke about Hashem. Shabbat is the source of all blessings. Shabbat is a day of consciousness. Shabbat is everything. I'm not there. I wish I could understand the greatness of Shabbat so I can open up my heart and feel it. We can't just say, oh, this is a traditional thing. This is just for traditional. This is not, that doesn't work anymore today. That doesn't work. It's not truth. So you're not getting light. When there's no truth, there's no light. And everybody's walking around. Where's the light? Where's the light? There cannot be any light if there's no truth. Truth gives you light. God is my truth. God is my light. You see, the, it's the same word on both things. Truth gives you light. Even if you're in a dark place, you have to connect to the truth. That is, connect, that is what God's telling us. Make a light. Make a light for the ark. Or go into the ark. Go into the ark. Go into the truth. Go into the truth. Go into it. And that is the most important thing, that if you are today, we're all in some kind of brokenness. There's no question there's brokenness in this world. To attempt to walk around saying there's no brokenness, except you're just fooling yourself. So this is where the classes are very relatable, because we're speaking the truth. If we're not speaking the truth, then we're not going to get any light. We want light. We want to be able to see the light. We've been through the darkness, but at least we want to get paid for the darkness. You know, some people are in darkness a long time, and they don't even get the paid for it. After darkness comes light. But we don't get the light if we're staying in the darkness. So, and we all have to go through the darkness. So imagine one guy has to, we, two people have to go through the darkness, and one, one guy at least is getting a reward for it, and the other one get, gets nothing for it. So this is what you should say practically. Whatever level you are in, you should say, I'm not there yet, I want to be there. This is why building ratzon, building desire, is such a precious thing. So much of it in life is just getting to the Getting just building the desire. God doesn't judge you on if you succeed or not. He judges you on your desire, how much you want it. Let's say you want you want to have peace in your house. Okay, you can't just say I tried. No, you have to desire it. Hashem. You know, you told us that God's name is in the house when when you have peace. Please give me peace, even though I'm not there yet. I still have to pray for it out of wanting, wanting to want. When I don't want to want anymore. That is called apathy, means I don't care. That is worse. Apathy is no good. Apathy is I don't care. 
No, we should always wake up with a certain amount of desires. And desires are to desire good things. Same thing if a person has an anxiety, a major fear in their life. They should say, Hashem, I want to trust you. I don't understand you, but I want to trust you. Please give me that. Instead of That will at least relieve all the stuff in your life. The purpose of Chachman says, the instructions given to Noah, he built an ark to protect it from the flood waters. Rashi explains that the flood began its normal rainfall as a blessing. Had the people repented, the flood would have been a regular rainfall that would have been blessed. But, had the people, had the, because they didn't, the, the rains became, imagine, it originally was a blessing. But they didn't. So we think in life, this is a great, a great situation in our life. Something happens to you in your life, and originally it's a, it's a small problem, it's a blessing. But you don't pay attention to it. You don't pay attention to it, then it becomes a problem. And then it's flooding your life. You understand? That's a very big analogy for us. It be, originally was a blessing. How could something that caused such destruction become a blessing? It's because originally everything comes through ches, through gives you a small, like they said in the analogy, first God knocks on the door, not a, not, he's not getting it. Then, louder. Nobody's home. <laughs> then they knock over the door. And what do we say? Why'd you knock my door down? I tried, I tried to bring the, I tried to bring it shorter. So this is where Hashem has a lot of patience in us. So this is where you saying it's impossible to pray without connecting to the truth. This is where a person should, should pray and connect to the truth. That is what's going to get you out of this. And he's saying here, however, it's also impossible to pray without studying Torah. For an ignoramus cannot, cannot be, what are you going to pray for? So you need the combination of Torah and Tefillah. This is where there's a, the, the Psalms, in, in Psalms it says, when a person turns his ear, in Pirkei Avos, when a person turns his ear from hearing Torah, his prayer is an abdomination. So basically, when you say, oh, here, listen to some Torah. No, not for me. Then when you pray, not for me either. <laughs> measure for measure. So you always need that constant combination. Because through, through Torah, you're going to change the way you pray. And then through prayer, you're going to, it's going to be a reflection of what you, of what you prayed. Pretty much. You, we need that combination. And then, Reb this is where, I'm going to just give you an example of Reb prayer so you guys can relate to it. And he says, Help me say my prayers with complete honesty and truthfulness so that the light of the truth will shine upon me and I will be able to emerge from darkness. Especially when I'm praying, I feel surrounded on every single side. I'm getting attacked in all different ways. Endless distractions. Sometimes things are so bad, I cannot even open up my mouth at all. And I find it impossible to say a single word of my prayers properly because of the darkness and the thoughts and distractions and obstacles that surround me. My only hope is to find a way to escape by talking to you truthfully and honestly. Through the teachings of your holy sages, you've let us know that we speak the truth. You will shine upon your, this light because I'm, in, I'm full with the thickest of thickness of darkness and gloom. I have therefore come to you, Hashem, my plea to prostrate myself before you, stretch out my hands, arouse your true love for me. I feel so low that I need so much help from you. Shine upon me the light of truth, so I will be able to say the words with honesty. Bring me every single word out of service with pure, pure honesty. Let me know if I've sinned. Let me know. I've come to the worst steps of darkness, of darkness and gloom. All I exist in my darkness is a light that has been thrown away in my gloom. I'm sinking in the deeps of where there's nowhere to stand. 
and the spies of this, please help me cry out to you in truth. So you can just see the energy he's saying, Hashem is my light, Hashem is my help, where should I be afraid of? Well, what should I be afraid of? Hashem is a strength, who should I fear? Hashem, you know that I have no other way to escape unless you, I speak the truth honestly and honestly. Please open up my heart so I can be able to feel you, etc. Direct my mouth and teach me. And this is where he even has another prayer saying, help me how to pray. Help me pray with full intention with my energy and strength. Help me put my energy into the words so I will be able to draw a new vitality. Prayer to God of my life. Help me come to perfect faith. So even saying those words out loud, it inspires you. You understand? Saying the words, I'm going to win. I'm, I need the truth. I need the light. It's a genuine prayer that pierces the ego. Because remember, the ego is the one causing all this. Oh, God doesn't answer me. God does not there. He's left me. He's abandoned me. This is all ego. This is the snake consciousness. So we have to be able to speak it out and speak the truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me I want to want. I'm not there yet, etc. And when you do this, the prayer that I got this from is the 50th gate. This is Rav Nussin's personal prayers. Um, it's less than, it's the first volume, less than nine. But every single you could see, okay, we just learned about speaking about the truth. Now we have to actualize it. We just pray to be able to, to, to pray for the truth, to be able to say this. So, so remember, when you're blaming somebody in your life, that's not the truth. If you're making excuses, that's not the truth. If you're overwhelmed, say you're overwhelmed. But any time of excuses, any time of justifications, that's not the truth. That's why we're not getting what we're getting. So you have to physically say, I want to be there, but I'm not there. I want to be there, but I'm not there. For example, I can walk into a gym. Give an example. Just giving you an example so you can relate to it. You could say, imagine you walk into the gym. You're in there for three minutes. It's not for me. It's too cold in here. The machines are old. You don't want to work out. Bottom line, you don't want to work out. Tell you the truth. You don't want to work out. Don't say the machines are old. Don't say the gym is cold. Don't say, you don't want to work out. That's it. That's the truth. Then at least I can start. Why don't I want to work out? Well, because I'm lazy. Or because I don't care about my body. Talk about why I don't care about my body. Get into the, get into the root, because we can always know from the problem. When, when I say I can't, when I say I don't, I don't want to, I can't, it means you're, it's an, there's a lot of fear behind that. Start addressing the fear. Every time we say that word, I don't want, I, 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 I can't. You're really saying, I don't want to. Okay, why? Because I have fear. Fear of maybe being tired, fear of running out of energy, fear of running out of oxygen when I work out. Well, what's the difference? I'm just telling you in general. There's a lot of fear behind when we make excuses. And the excuses are what it's, what it's not allowing us to get to the truth. And this is why we're not seeing salvations. For example, about the physical relationships, being too physical. I, I want to, I know this causes problems. I know this causes, but I want to be able to help me with this. If you ask for help, you can at least get help with it. We don't, God does not express, express an addict to, be, to master the 12-step program in one week. It gives him time, but at least he's in the truth. He's in the process. But when you're not even in the truth, you're not even in the process. But once you go through that pain, you're going to get a big reward for it. But without doing this, without going to the truth, otherwise you stay in the flood. And what happens? You just watch everybody else flood with you. There's an ark there, and that's called going into prayer, going into the Word, or even saying things. I feel lost, but anytime we have, we have such a Yetzirah, we have such a Yetzirah, that all the Yetzirah is telling me, I'm, I'm rash, 
The Yetzirah is the rationalization. That is the Yetzirah. We make up an excuse so we feel good, we don't have to take action. We all do it. We rationalize. I did this because of this. I did this because I was abused when I was younger. I did this because I did that. I did that because of that. So we can't say, hey, imagine somebody saying, I, you know, I got a, I, somebody dented my car, so I, because the, the car was damaged anyway, so I took the car and I drove it off a cliff. You had a dent in the car. That doesn't mean it can't be repaired. It's just a dent. But you're saying if the dent is not perfect, the car is not perfect, I'm going to run it off the cliff. That's what we do. So we want to, we want to connect to the truth and say, okay, I have a dent. Help me repair it. That is, you have to speak words of truth. This is why most of the things that we're going through, we're not getting the salvation because the truth is not there. Have a great day.